Last time on In Vain. Um, it was very much a typical day mining um, the metals, the uranium and everything else and all that jazz. Um, her pickaxe hadn't been working, so she was clawing at the ground with her hands and causing the bandages to be stained with both blood and dirt and various other things in there. Um, and she looked over and she saw one of the guards driving a truck over to pick up the various things that they collected, except due to it being snowy, the truck slipped and spun out of control and headed towards one of the younger girls, um, Talia, and without even thinking, Yolva just ran over and pushed her out of the way and got under, got hit by the truck, and yeah, that was the day she stopped. Greetings, listeners. Welcome to another episode of In Vain, Valpurgisnacht. I am Chad, your storyteller. You can find me on Twitter at Chadlicious. And my favorite song that might possibly be about vampires right now is Bloodletting by Concrete Blonde. Uh, It's called The Vampire Song, and it mentions New Orleans. Oh, very nice. I'm Fennec. You can find me at the Fennec Wolf on Twitter and just about everywhere else. Um, and my favorite song that could be about a vampire would be Sick and Twisted Affair by My Darkest Days. It just feels like it's really talking about the inner beast that our vampires seem to struggle with. Nice. We are going to start off. This is a, another episode where we're just going to be following Ilva. Uh, but before we go ahead and get started, we need to roll for degeneration because Ilva got a little overzealous with feeding on somebody in an alleyway and has a stain on her humanity. So I need you to roll 3d10 and hope you get a success. Okay, so that is woo, one success. All right. You feel remorse over killing that guy in the alley. How is Ilva going to make peace with that? So she still has the money and every the guy's wallet. So what she's going to do is uh, use it to get some items for the local homeless population near her and that she keeps a watch on. So before you can do that, you are still at Elysium with uh, Dallas, Elsa, and all the other Camarilla vampires. And you're you're doing your own thing there. Maria, who's been sitting close to the door, uh, it seems like uh, Elsa is walking close to her, and Maria just reaches out and grabs her by the wrist and looks at her and says, Oh, by the way, I'm really sorry about your club. And Elsa looks a little confused for a second, right before a ghoul walks in and and whispers something to her ear and hands her a cordless phone. And Elsa and Dallas both go running out of Elysium. You're not quite sure what that's about. But you're here. You're at Elysium. You're surrounded by vampires. What do you do? She would probably just raise an eyebrow and then just kind of work her way around the room to get a sense of, you know, who's in what position and what, you know, their political standing, as it were. So I am going to, and you're, you are, you're kind of doing this quickly, right? You're just kind of like making a circuit around the room and trying to get as much information as you can quickly, right? Pretty much. She doesn't want to stay here very much longer. She just kind of wants to get a basic lay of the land. So I want you to give me a wits and politics roll. All right. So six dice altogether for her. Four successes. I will allow you to ask me four questions about the political structures that are going on in this room, and I will answer you truthfully. She'd want to know who the sheriff is. Uh, I mean, that's easy enough to figure out. His name is Maximilian. He is not really engaging too much in the festivities, but it just seems like he is just kind of staying on the outskirts, maybe waiting for something to happen or maybe hoping somebody steps out of line. You're not entirely certain. He just sits there and he hums to himself. She'd want to know who the Master Harpy is. Uh, That would be Lena Fisher, the Toreador with the straight blonde hair. Actually, it's a little little feathered now and wearing one of those, you know, fashionable power suits. 
big, bright smile. Of course. She would also want to get a sense of if the Scourge would be there, or do Scourge not normally come to Elysium? Uh, actually, as you're, you're looking around and you're asking the right questions, uh, there is no Scourge in Heidelberg. Usually, for listeners that may not know, the, the, the Scourge is a position in the Camarilla that works with the sheriff in a sense, but he's the one that deals out like the punishments and like for the blood hunts and for the, the dirty work that needs to get done. But it seems like the sheriff is kind of content to do all of that by himself. Actually, what you get from asking around is you hear that Maximilian very much enjoys his job and has, has no requirement for any additional help to do what he likes to do. Maximilian, very dangerous man to stay on good side of. Also, the kindred that you speak to, that speak to you about Maximilian, they really want to change the subject quickly. Um, so she would send that and just file that away as important information to write in her notebooks later. Um, her fourth question would be, does the prince seem to have who the prince's second in command is? What you're seeing in the way that they're interacting, you see like the prince who is of Clan Tremere seems the, the, the one member of the, the, the Camarilla here that's really backing up the prince that almost kind of seems like, like a second in command would be uh, Reinhard von Eisenbar, who is the Tremere primogen. He's wearing like, like black robes, kind of uh, like from like old ancient kind of design. Uh, he has like a five, a slight five o'clock shadow, but he has like two scars on his left cheek that he when he talks to people it's like he kind of like like gives them the side of the face that has the scars on it like he's very he's displaying those for some reason it's you're not quite sure why she makes a note of that and touches her own scars like hmm i won't want it kind of musing to herself like what's the story behind those i wonder i don't know you want to ask she would make her way forward to introduce herself and say how wonderful it is to be somewhere that has a leadership that is not so self-involved and is looking out for the interest of all the kindred. And you're approaching who, Reinhard? Mm-hmm. Interrupt a conversation he's having on the side, but he, he takes it graciously and he, he thanks you. He says, oh, I, I, I very much agree. And he turning his head, so you're looking at his scars. I, I like I like that. That is much more. It's prettier than mine, as you can see. And she jet, she shows off her side of the face, which that's caved in and has the tire tread scar on it. Oh, yes. Um, oh, these these. Um, in my mortal days, I was known to be a uh, a duelist of some renown, and I got these in student duels. Do not cross blades with you. I am hearing you are a strong fighter. Oh, yes, but nowadays I do my fighting in many different ways. As many of us do. All right. Welcome to Heidelberg, by the way. I understand that you're new. Donka and da, I am. I come from, well, you can probably tell where I come from with accent. Yes, I am hoping that you, of course, since you want to stay here, that you will be respecting the culture and traditions of Heidelberg and that you're not aligned with any Soviet communist interests. We tend to have a lot of problems with those here in West Germany. Yeah, her face kind of goes angry for a second before she remembers to school herself. Um, no, of course not. Uh, communism is a plague, it's much like some of humanity is plague. It must be dealt with. Well, that is something that we both agree on. Indeed, I was, uh, I learned very quickly how hypocritical party was and only focused on its own hunger and desires. Do you plan on staying in Heidelberg long? And have you, have you met anyone else? No, I would like, I have not met very many other people other than Sophia, who was very gracious to bring me here and introduce me to everyone. But I would like to put down roots. I've wandered for far too long. 
He nods and is like, well, as long as you keep to the traditions, you are welcome here. And I will allow you to, to mingle and get to know the other kindred in Heidelberg. Now, if you'll excuse me. And he kind of glides off. She bows. <laughs> oh, neat trick. After that, she'd probably make her way back over to Maria and look at her like, he offered you a place to stay. Would you like to see it? She snaps out of her reverie and looks at you. She's, you offered me a place? Yes, 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 you did. Yes, where are we going? Hi, I'm Maria, by the way. Did we meet? We did, but I am Yova. Yova Molotov. Holds out her hand to shake. <laughs> well, that's a fiery name you got there. And she reaches out her hand and, and shakes yours. I'm not that fiery. Very low-key. No problems. So, where are we going? Uh, to my haven. It is uh, underground. Are you okay with that? Like underground, like we need a shovel or what? Because this beret is new. Sewers. Sewers. Oh. That under street, I should say. It's been a while since I've lived in a sewer. Sure. Let's do it. It'll be fun. You lived in sort of before. She said this as she starts to like walk out with her. <laughs> oh, yeah. Long, long, long time ago. I think um, I think back then they were just called catacombs. Have you been to France? No, I did not make it to France in my travels. I've been to England. I visited Sire there. Okay. It's, it's just as fine. That place is lousy with Toreador. It's all fancy. Ooh, not my scene. No. Okay. So we're getting out of here. Da, shall we? And she offers one of her arms. Surely. She accepts your arm. Like the fancy ladies that you two are. Yep. And happily stroll out. Do, 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 do. Well, okay. So how are you getting to the sewers? Are you walking around in full view? Are you sticking to the shadows? Is there a sewer entrance nearby? She was going to take the sewer entrance that she and Sophia went in through and then just walk or guide Maria that way. Okay, so are you using Obfuscate or not? Uh, she would use Obfuscate, but make sure that Maria could, you know, follow. Well, you're holding on to Maria's hand. You use Obfuscate, and then so does she. So you're both invisible. Yep, so Obfuscate to the sewer entrance and then go down it. Okay, and so you guys get to your haven, and she she has a little bag with her. It's not a huge backpack. It's like one of those little, like, one-shoulder bags. And she puts it down and looks around in your, your little haven area and says, oh, it's really, this is a very nice sewer. Out of, out of all the sewers I've been into, I think this is the nicest. Donka, uh, it is new sewer. I was able to uh, pull some strings to get a two-room place in sewer. That explains the new sewer smell. Duh, it's not as a stench yet. <laughs> okay, so, uh, hmm... Let me see. Oh, wait, hold on. And she, she opens up her bag and she rummages around through it. And she pulls out like a, a very worn, very well-used copy of a book. Uh, you look at the, the cover. It's a, a book from the Babysitter's Club. And she, she opens it up a little bit and she, she reads some of the pages. Like, okay, so I think at this point we need to be painting each other's nails and talking about boys. She just kind of tilts her head in this confused, but then just kind of starts this deep belly laughter and just like, I I don't have nail polish, unfortunately, and uh, I am not a fan of the the boys, as it were. Oh, thank God, me either. I, I just thought it was just something that we had to do. I mean, you know, don't get me wrong, blood is blood, but, eh, you know. But I do have some sparkly glitter uh, nail polish. See, look, neon pink. I don't think that's your color. I, I am willing to try once. We can try it. Okay, great. And so she starts painting her nails. At this point, Stella's just kind of hopped off of her shoulder and gone and curled up in Maria's shoulder. Like, okay, she likes my mom. I like her. That's cool. And so now you have sparkly neon pink nail polish on. How does Ilva feel about that? Uh, um, she just is like, uh, this is... This is not punk at all, but I have a guest and I have to be nice. This is, you, you do good work. I, I have not done this in a long time, but it is very good. Thank you. I ate a salon manager once. 
she she just kind of chuckles at that and then snaps her fingers. Oh, your your book. And she points to a bookcase that has just a bunch of different books. You feel free if you want to read or grab book from there. You can. Oh wow, that's a lot of books. I I like to read. It is it is a very calming activity. Yes. Awesome. Okay, so I dropped my stuff off here. Uh, the night's not quite over yet. Is there, I don't know, something else we can do? This is my first time in Heidelberg. Can you show me around? I can try. I've heard there's a couple bars in town. We could maybe see what is at them. Although I would, uh, she gestures. I would probably stay near you, but you will not visible. Do you need me to open doors for you? No, I can, I can slip in when the door is open. It is fine. Yeah, that, that's what I meant. I can open up the door so you can slip in. Because I know what it's like when I'm invisible and I have to stand by a door and hope to God somebody comes and opens it so I can get in and it takes hours. Ah, that is, uh, that is a good point. Thank you. I, uh, German, not native tongue. Sometimes it takes, uh, she taps her head, a little while to process. <laughs> is, is that what we're speaking? Da, I believe so. Okay. Good. And she just kind of stares off into space. Right. Let's let's go to Bard. I've heard of uh I heard the one that is good. It's called Heidi's, I believe. Yes, and this would be the one that Sophia told you about if you're looking to meet some other kindred. I I think she would be. So she's gonna suggest to Maria. Well, I've heard um at Heidi's there are others like us. Maybe we can make more friends. Great. Let's go. And off they go. Well, out of the sewer and then off you skate. For Yulva, at least. And then. So between the two of you, through various uses of off you skate and whispering to each other, you figure out how to get to Heidi's. And you are in the back. I mean, Maria can easily let you in. You slip in through the back way. And as you, you step in through the, the storeroom, the kitchen area you come across it this is very much a punk bar there's punk music playing uh it's a little rowdy there's pool tables there's uh like a a very much abused pinball machine in the corner and there are a lot of punk looking mortals walking around in here drinking smoking and having a good time Oh, Yulva just like even though they can't see her, she lights up. This is this is her kind of joint. This is, mm, this is just her jam. And so uh, Maria is in the bar, looking around, and I guess you're. Are you sticking close to her? She would stick close to her, just you know, so that way she wasn't feeling like she's being abandoned or anything. Well, whispering is not going to work in this place. She just kind of like yells to nobody in particular. It's like, boy, it sure is loud in here. I hope you can hear me. She leans close enough to where it's in her ear and nobody else is hopefully. Da, I can hear you. It's uh, the good music. I'm going to assume that that's Ulva. Da. Okay. Now what? Oh, I could use a drink. I'll be right back. Da. I'll be here. Okay. And you see Maria just goes walking up, walking over to the side where there's like some booths and tables. And she starts chatting up some people who, yeah, some of them are giving her the side eye, but there's one that kind of sticks around and kind of looks like he zones out a bit as she, you know, has a bit of a snack. As long as she's having fun. Uh, she's going to look around and make sure that that's not raising any hackles among other kindred or whatnot. Uh, give me... Let me see. That would be a wits and awareness roll. One success. All right. As you look around, it doesn't seem like it raises any suspicions or ire from anyone else in here. So she just nods and she's going to kind of move around the joint just to see what else there is of the place or she can't find right. Joe and Otto. Well, with your perception role, I mean, you were told to look for, actually, you weren't told exactly who to look for, but you were told that if you go to Heidi's and 
these kindred that I'm thinking about are there, you will most definitely recognize one of them after going to Elysium. And as you look around, uh, you did get one success in your perception. You see it looks like Lena, except part of her head is shaved. She's covered in piercings and she's wearing a very punked out outfit. And you know that you left Lena at Elysium. Do not think that is costume change. She is going to kind of slide her, well, sneak her way over since she's invisible and just try and see if she can't learn a little more about this lookalike before making herself known. All right. Yeah. So you see the the person who looks like Lena is playing pool with some a group of other people. She's smoking a cigarette and she's laughing, having a good time, punches a guy in the arm. The guy kind of like rubs his arm a bit, looks a little surprised. And she's, you know, they're, they're playing pool. And as you're you're sitting and you're listening, you they call her Joe. Sophia already told her. So she's going to see if she can't get Joe's attention since she has a, no, if she touches something, then the obfuscate wears off, doesn't it? Uh, yes. But you can speak in a low whisper. So she's going to kind of lean, um, if Lena's like going to shoot, she's going to whisper into her ear. I've heard you are not a fan of Camarilla. Perhaps we could talk about it. And pulls back. So you wait until the moment when she's not shooting and she just kind of like sits down and stubs out her cigarette. And then you whisper that in her ear. And without... Actually, I'm going to have to roll my composure for her. Because <laughs> that's a little freaky. What? Just a weird Russian voice coming out of nowhere and whispering in your ear about your political enemies? Come on, Chad. You know, like you do. Exactly. She does not have a lot of composure. Okay. But she rolled a 10. So, wow. She stubs out the cigarette and without even changing her facial expression she says so I want you to go into the back room I will be there in a minute and if I have to I will beat your ass sounds like a rather fun night but I shall wait for you darling scampers off to the back room She's being sassy. I apologize. (laughs) You go in the back and you wait a bit. And eventually Joe comes walking in. She actually, she's kind of like wiping at her mouth with a, like some, like a a handful of napkins that she got at a table and just kind of tosses them in the trash can. Are you still invisible or not? Once the door shuts and she's in there and it's just the two of us, she drops off Eastgate. And Joe sees you and she nods to herself and goes, that's why. Okay. Hello. Hello. I I heard you are not fans of Camarilla. I wanted to meet you. She smiles that crooked Nosferatu smile. Okay. So first of all, who the fuck are you and what the fuck do you want? My name is Yova. I am new to town, and I was hoping to make some friends with similar political interests as mine. You mean members of the movement? Which is what animals call themselves. Alright, where are you from, Ilva? Originally Russia, now just all over. What part of Russia? Um, Moscow, actually. Yeah, alright. It's very cold there. I don't notice it anymore. So you're new to town. You came in here. You saw me. And now you're asking about the movement. How do I know I can trust you? I'm trying to think what she has information wise that would be valuable and as a peace offering. I brought you a Malkavian. No. Well, actually... Oh, I have a friend who is staying with me. You'll know about the Mokavians, da? Oh, Christ. What about them? There is one that came to town, that came to Elysium. And I have made sure that she is staying with me as a friend. 
good for you. Better you than me. So what? She had let loose a little thing to the prince, saying that there is going to be some changes coming to Heidelberg. I think that is perhaps something good for the movement. What kind of changes? Uh, you know, Malkavians, it is all uh, not quite right words, but something about a dam, a flood, hitting town. It could be a good time to start changing things. Okay, so is this guest around? I believe, yes, she's in Bard. Would you like me to grab her? And then behind the two of you, you hear, oh, you don't have to, I'm here. And there's Maria just kind of like standing by the door. Like, hi! Hello, did you have a good drink? Eh, not as sleepy as I like them, but whatever. Joe was a little bit startled. She, like, sees Maria. And at that conversation, she, like, just rolls her eyes. It's like, is, is no bar sacred? Seriously? From what I hear, no. Some friends of mine apparently had to go run and deal with something at theirs. Okay, so here we go. So a Nosferatu and a Malkavian walk into a punk bar. Is this some kind of joke? No. I just wish to contact the movement in town and let them know that of my intentions and that I think we should be friends. Oh, uh, Pony, I'm not friends with anybody. Joe looks over at Maria with her head, cocks her head over at you, Ilva, and says, so your friend here tells me that you had a vision and you shared that with the prince. Maria nods her head vigorously. She's like, oh yeah, yeah, there's going to be uh, some sort of, of huge upheaval, like a dam breaking. But Heidelberg doesn't have dams, or so I'm told, so I'm not sure what that means. I don't know. I might have to do more research. Do you have any Baby Series Club books? I'm sure we can find you some somewhere. And Joe is seems pretty dismissive of this particular Malkavian. Then uh, suddenly Maria, she kind of like, she cocks her head for a minute and she looks straight at Joe and says, I see you wearing a crown of barbed wire. Joe turns to her and says, excuse me? Like, I see a crown on your head. It's, it's sharp, but it's, it's not hurting you so much as it's keeping others away. That's interesting. Joe kind of looks back over at you, Vilva. Says, so you said she's staying with you? Duh, she's staying with me. Good. I don't know if she says any other wacky things that could be related to me or the movement, I'd like to know. Of course. I, after all, we are in the same movement and we want the same thing. Duh. No more Camarilla. And Maria says, oh, was I being wacky again? I'm sorry. You are fine. Don't worry. I believe Joe is just teasing. <laughs> Joe looks at Maria and goes, I was not. Joe says, looks over at you, Ulva. It's like, well, if you wanted, well, I guess, thank you for presenting yourself to me. I guess. Um, if you want to, you know, get to know what's going on, keep your eyes open. If you... I don't know. You come across any interesting information that would benefit the movement that could go a long way into helping me trust you. Of course. I will keep my ears open and keep my eyes open as well. I will see if we cannot uh, find something that is beneficial for both of us in the movement. That'd be great. Now, if you don't mind, I got a pool game I need to get back to. Of course. Have fun. And uh, try not to hit the black one too early. I'll keep that in mind. And she turns around and she walks out. She uh, steps around Maria and leaves. Maria looks over at you, Wilva, and says, I don't think I like her. She is not the nicest I've noticed, but uh, she seems to be very angry about life. I'd be pretty upset, too, if my barber fucked up my hair like that. Duh. Well, I don't have Barbara. I did this, and she gestures to the crudely cut hair myself, so I'm mad than myself. Maria shrugs. She's like, so, can we get out of here now? Da, of course. After you. 
Yeah, bars aren't really my my thing, really. Well, that's just fine. They are not mine either. They uh, normally don't like my face. All right. So what do you want to do next? Uh, you wish to get more books, duh? I mean, maybe. I mean, you have a library. I thought you were going to let me borrow some. I was, but I don't have your babysitter club. I was hoping to pick you up some. And then you can add them to the library. There are more? Duh. Oh wow, I, 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 I don't, I don't think I'm, I'm ready for that news. Oh wow, Yelva would probably leave and uh, head back to the Haven. Then I guess because I'm not sure what time it is. It's probably close to being time for nappy. Eh, not quite. I mean, it's you know, Elysium is before midnight, and you guys stayed for a few hours, so it's still it's in the wee hours, but dawn is still some time off. Uh, she'd probably look at Maria. Are you okay to get back to Haven? I was gonna go check on some things. Oh, okay. Um, okay, I'll I'll go back to the sewer by myself then. I was going to check on the, some friends. I, you could come if you like. It's just I'd be invisible, so not much fun. Well, you know what? Uh, I will just meet you back at your haven. I will check out the city myself. All right. Let me know if you find anything interesting that we should go look at later. Sure. All right. So she would go probably check on... Uh, one of her touchstones, then, just to make sure they're doing okay. All right. So, uh, describe. Well, tell us which touchstone this is, and uh, you know, tell us how you connected with the touchstone in Heidelberg and why this person is important to you. Um, she would probably go and check on Mila, who is one of the, is a very young homeless girl, just turned 18 type of a deal. Um, and she's important because she reminds Yolva of her sister. And it's something that she never thought that she would find again in life. So it's kind of part of the reason she's like super concerned and wants to make sure that Mila's okay. And the conviction that is attached to Mila is always protect the less fortunate. Yep. All right. So you're, you are reminded of an important part of humanity and that is compassion. Yeah. How did you meet her? Um, it was probably one of the first nights that she got there and was, uh, trying to find a safe spot and found somebody trying to harass her and she ended up scaring them off using obfuscate just like in their ear making her voice all creepy and dark Russian sounding and angry and saying very mean things in Russian to freak them out and have them run away so does Mila know you have you ever introduced yourself to her I think after her like second night in Heidelberg, once she kind of felt a little safer and able to throw her old disguise and making her look like a grandmother sort of figure, like the babushka type thing going, she would have introduced herself. Okay. So you're going to go visit her probably with a scarf wrapped around your face. All right. So you, you know, kind of her regular places to go. I think one of her favorite spots is a little kind of like not, not so much like a, like a, a camp but kind of like a little circle of a few transients that hang out uh, at the foot of the big bridge in Heidelberg kind of like a little bit under it where they have like a fire going and they're just trying to keep warm so she would make her way over just carefully and kind of wave at them and then walk over to where Mila is and be like, oh, hello, small one. You are still here, I see. What does she look like? She is about 5'5", five, five, uh, dark brown hair, brown eyes, smattering of freckles all over her face, but kind of dirty, so it's hard to tell where the freckles are and the dirt ends. Bundled up in a bunch of different layers of things to try and keep warm. You say hi to her. And she sees you, and she, you know, smiles with recognition. Says, "Ilva, hey, did you bring me anything?" 
that I did. And she pr- makes a show of reaching into her pocket, and Stella kind of peeks her head out and just goes like, oh, hello. And she just scratches behind her ear and then holds out, like, um, however much money the man had on him, and she passes it. I had a very good day. I have more than enough to share. You're just giving her the whole wallet or just the money? Just the money. <laughs> so you give her some money, and she takes it, and she quickly puts it in her pocket so nobody sees it. And she's, thank you. Thanks, this will help. So how are you? I am good. Stella and I have just uh, been walking around and seeing Heidelberg. It's a very nice city. Yeah, and she kind of scratches Stella behind the ear, too. Stella says, oh, yeah, that's the stuff. I think she likes it when you scratch her right there. It uh, feels very good for her. All right. So, yeah, thank you. Are you just passing by or, or what's up? I was passing in to check in on you. Are you doing all right? I woke up with a pretty bad cough, but it seems to be going away. I don't know. I mean, the the money is going to help with food, so that's good. Maybe I can stay in a hotel room or something for a night or two. That's much appreciated. But other than that, I mean, not. I mean, nothing too bad. I mean, all things considered. Da, but no one bothering you or turning to hurt you. Da, you are safe. I can take care of myself. I mean, there's there's a you know a guy around, you know, he's, uh, you know, shaking up uh, some of the panhandlers. That's why, you know, she kind of like pats the, the pocket that she put the money in so quickly in. And, you know, he gets word that, you know, you got anything, he tries to shake you down. Does he have a name? Edward. Edward. Is he uh, normally around at this time or does he uh, visit on certain days? No, he usually hangs out more in the, uh, you know, the the commercial district. That's where more of the the panhandlers are. Uh, you'll if you see him, you'll know him. He's a big guy. I think uh, big beard. You know, his uh, he's he's got a British military coat that he wears in the winter time. I see. I will uh, keep my eyes out to make sure that he does not bother me or that he does not bother you when I come to give you something. No, that's that's much appreciated. Are you going to be okay for tonight, da? Yeah, I mean, the fire's going. I can bed down here. Yeah, I'm just living the dream. (laughs) Aren't we all? Yeah, but thank you. I mean, the... What you gave me, I'll see if I can get a like a room at a hostel or something. I can at least get a get a shower and a hot meal. Good. I I'm glad that you'll be able to do that. And she kind of just slightly pats her on the shoulder because she doesn't. She knows humans are fragile, and she doesn't want to like accidentally do too much. <laughs> All right. So she thanks you, and. You know, if you have nothing else that you're going to talk to her about, she's going to go back and find that warm place by the fire. Nope. She's going to watch her for a second to make sure and then make it seem like she's walking away and then off you skate off into the night. All right. So that's something else down. Is there anything else that you want to do this night? Um, I was going to say, since she did get experience and she got a point in firearms... She wants to go see if she can't use her criminal contacts to get herself a, te- a nice little nine mil pistol. Yeah, so when Ilva made it to Heidelberg like that month or so ago, she very quickly made contacts with the local criminal underground of Heidelberg. And so I want you to tell me exactly how, if you needed to communicate with your contacts, how you do it and who is your contact i imagine it's this tiny little like looks like a family run butcher shop um that she could just scrawl a note on that says need to meet and then signed wolf and place it like under the door and that's how they know to meet her out back in the alley behind the shop and 
Her contact would probably be an older man in his like early 50s named Boris. Big pot belly. Kind of has a little bit of a ponytail going on. Okay, so it is a little after midnight, so Boris may not be awake. So if you leave a note, it's nothing's going to happen tonight unless you want to wake him up. Uh, she would just slip the note and then probably go back the next night. So you leave a note uh, that we will deal with at some point in the future. And she would just head back to the Haven. Mm. Probably she'd probably actually go and see if she can't get eyes on Edward, at least just to make see where he is and kind of what he looks like. So she has a visual of who to keep an eye out for. Okay, so you head down to the area that uh, Mila talked about. So ah, you are hunting. So I want you to give me a composure roll and you should add your streetwise to it. Two successes out of the three die. You actually do see somebody matching the description. He's uh, walking around in the area. I mean, of course, all the shops are closed up and, and the homeless population is is awake and moving around because, you know, nighttime is not the safest time to be on the street. And so he is in in a back alley around some dumpsters where there's like maybe a couple of other, you know, homeless people there. And he just seems like he's, he's not hostile to them, but he is definitely, he has definitely bullied his way in their little camp area. So you can share the fire and the other ones look a little intimidated by him. She's going to obfuscate and get closer just to see what he's saying. Actually, as you uh, get closer to him, he's not really saying much of anything to anybody else. But he is, he looks a little agitated, like he's kind of like shifting around uh, back and forth on his feet. And he's just like saying, he's not saying anything to anybody, but he's like, yeah, I get it. I get it. You know, he's just talking to himself, really. In English, with a British accent. She's going to lean up and whisper into his ear. Be nicer to people. There are always... There's someone always watching. And then just kind of pull back. Just to see what he does. I don't know. I want you to give me a roll here. What would you like? This particular person is made your touchstone afraid. You probably might be a little angry being around him. So I want you to give me a composure and stealth roll just to make sure that you don't raise your voice so much that you drop your obfuscate. One success. All right. You barely managed to keep your voice low enough. And he just kind of keeps shaking his head. Uh, You're not even entirely certain he registered your voice, but he definitely seems agitated. As much as she wants to get her fangs and hands on him, she knows that there's witnesses around and she can't do it. So she's going to wisely back away for now, but she's going to make sure to keep checking up on him. So this is going to be like a when you're in the area type thing. Pretty much. All right. Is there anything else on your list of things to do tonight? Um... I was going to say learn more about Maria, but I think that's probably just going to come as the story and time goes on. And Yeah, you can go back to the Haven and talk to her some more if you want. Sure. She would do that. Just kind of be like, well, all right. And Once you get back to the Haven, it's maybe about another dawn is closer, but not so close that you need to rush there. And when you get to the Haven, you see Maria's already there. She's kind of laying down, kind of hanging half off of your bed with her head just kind of like touching the floor. And surrounding her are like all of these Babysitter's Club books. And some of the books have broken glass on them. Did you find more books, my friend? Yes. They were behind a window, but I got them. Ah, did anyone see you get them? No. 
All right, that is that is good. Maybe, maybe not. <sighs> well, as long as no one saw you, she starts to at least pick up the glass off of some of them and discard them outside of her little haven door. Yeah, these books are absolute trash, but for some reason I can't stop reading them. Do you like them? That is fine. It is fine to like things. Well, I think they're kind of like helping me learn how you're supposed to act. Oh, well then that is good, da. Well, I think so, but, you know, we only got to the nail painting part and we haven't talked about boys. Ah, that is... um... Not something I have done for many, many years. I am. Uh, I look like this as well. It is hard to attract a. Uh, what is word? The partner who does not scream every time you appear. <laughs> oh, honey, there's somebody for everybody out there. I, duh, I believe so. But for now, in my life, it is. Uh, I am okay with being alone and not having a relationship like that. Just remember, you could be somebody's fetish. Somebody's, huh? I I don't even know. I just open my mouth sometimes. So what's up? Did you have fun going around the city? Duh, I uh, checked in on some people and made sure they were all right. (laughs) Well, that was nice of you. Are they all right? For now. Are they still people? Da, I do not associate with many of our kind. Okay, just checking. Why, did you see something? No. I mean, yes. I mean, I, I see you. I see the sewers. I see a lot of things. I'm not entirely certain I saw the thing that you're asking if I saw. I saw. See? Da. She's kind of starting to get a little bit of a headache trying to do the mental gymnastics on that, but just nods to be like, okay. Yeah, Maria sits up correctly on the bed and she looks at you. She's like, yeah, I I get that look a lot. It is fine. We will uh, take it as it goes. Da? Da. No, very good. One day you could sound just like every other comrade I used to know back in uh, Moscow. That doesn't sound like fun. Well, it depends. If you were with my friends, we had lots of fun. We even took down statue of Stolen and gave it must. No, we gave it more facial hair. It was fun. I, sure. I'll take your word for that. Duh. It was fun until they caught us. That was not good. Yeah, I would imagine so. I found some books. You did. I am quite proud of you that you found them. Have you had the chance to read them yet? Well, I'm not going to read all of them in one night. These things, they need to be savored. Ah, you will have to teach me the ways of the Babysitter Club, she says as she reads the title. Just, okay. Hilva, um, thank you for sharing your haven with me. I don't usually get that warm of a welcome when I'm new to a place. You are welcome. I know what it is like to not have a place to stay. So. Right. And so I guess I owe you a boon, but I don't really have much of value. Um, oh, I could, I, I could give you a reading. Would you like that? I would like that indeed. Okay. Um, uh, okay. Come, come sit, sit, sit down on the bed, sit down on the bed. She does. Okay, and so you both sit facing each other cross-legged, and she takes your hands in hers, and she closes her eyes and takes a deep breath, which is weird because we don't need to breathe, but she focuses intently for a few moments, and then she just starts to talk, but her eyes are still closed, and she starts speaking. She says, I see you standing holding your heart in your hands and crying tears of blood. You're, I see you're bound to some people. You're bound to uh, an orphan child, it looks like, or, or, or whoever it is she's lost. 
and a princess, and you're bound to them because without you, they can't survive the oncoming breaking. And then she opens her eyes and looks at you and says, did, did it work? Uh, the, nah, it worked. I think you told me I'm connected to people and that they need me to survive this breaking that is coming. I still don't know exactly what that is, but I'm kind of excited to see, but also not excited because it doesn't sound like it'll be all that fun. But at the very least, if bad things happen in the city, I could just leave. No, that is a nice thing about not being tied to place. Exactly. All right. Well, um, that's what I got for you. I was going to say, I can take cot. You can have the bed tonight if you like. Are you sure? Duh, you are a guest in my home. I get a whole bunch of new Babysitter's Club books, and I get to sleep in a bed? Duh. Weird. Well, like they say, appearances are not everything with my clan. Some of us are actually quite nice, you know. Oh, no, I've I've met a few Nosferatu, and, and I think overall, I think Nosferatu have been more kind to me than some of the other clans. I mean, you know, me being what I am, don't really, don't really get accepted a whole lot. Well, you'll have acceptance and a safe haven here. And she nods and says, I, I, I really do appreciate it. And she, she does look a little more lucid when she says that. You are welcome. You always have safe haven in my home. And that nail polish looks fabulous on you. You're just groaning on me. I think I might uh, do this again. I think you should. Maybe we do toenails next time. Ooh, you have toenails? Da! Don't you? Well, yeah. It's just, I've, I've met a Monosferatu one time. His toenails were on his forehead. No, I just have patches of a flake. And she points to, like, the different little psoriasis spots. That is what is on my face. Toenails are where they're supposed to be. Okay. Well, then that'll make things a little bit easier. Indeed. And so you spend the rest of the night having a sleepover with Maria, the Malkavian seer. I think that's absolutely adorable. And it, it makes Yova's not quite dead, well, dead heart feel a tiny bit warmer. Oh, I can just imagine the fan art now. All the fan art. The Infane podcast is a proud member of the Nerdsmith Network. Visit nerdsmith.org for all of your nerdy entertainment needs. Ladies, gentlemen, or what have you, I'm Orion Lavelle. And I'm Travis Mattingly. And together we host Tooth and Nail, a monstrous podcast. Captivated by monster design, we discuss the narrative, artistic, and mechanical design of the monsters lurking in your favorite games and stories. This is a show for the monster fanatic, the game design aficionado, and the DM looking for the perfect goblin encounter. Find Tooth and Nail at nerdsmith.org. Keep fighting.